to every knee should bow. Every is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You may be seated. God bless you for this morning. Well, I looked over this congregation. We've got a great crowd of folks here tonight. Just a bunch of apostolic people here to worship the Lord. We're in a man. And uh, all of these preachers here, I count myself the smallest, the least among them all. But um, I'm here to do what I can for the kingdom of God to build up the bride of Jesus Christ. If you're here for any other purpose, you're here for the wrong reason. Praise God. We're here to try to get a church ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. And I do believe the Lord is coming soon. We're off to a great start tonight, great spirit of worship in this place, and I do believe at a church. Praise God. I know this is a National Guard army, but I still believe I have a church. Since we gathered here, we might as well go in and have church in this building. I don't know if they've ever had church here before or not, but when we leave, I hope they can say there's been church going on in this place. Praise the name of Jesus. So the Lord bless you richly. I want to say all of our friends, preachers, God bless every one of you. We appreciate the apostolic ministry. And uh, I enjoy these conferences. I try not to miss any of them. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord. And your help, I believe you will help me. It looked good to see this bunch of Trinity Mountain folks over here. Praise God. They're a fine bunch of folks to preach to. Amen. No out of back a preacher. Thank God for that. And uh, I guess you all know I am substitute preacher here tonight. So, uh, playing second fiddle. Well, that's all right. So, Spell called me and said, uh, said you're going to preach. I said, Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 5. Reading down. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Verse 17 now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Everybody say liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. 
I'd also like to read in conjunction with this in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5. All these are familiar verses. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church not have a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I have a little something that I want to talk about tonight that I hope will be a blessing and help to everybody on your Christian pilgrimage here to the city. I know before I start that there's nothing that I could preach here tonight that would please everybody. So I just want to try to please the one that called me. I just want to try to preach what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. And I ask that you be in prayer with me tonight because we know that without the Lord we can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Everything is to no avail unless Jesus Christ touches it. I'd like to use for a little subject tonight, retaining the glory. Retaining the glory. Now, in this book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, we have here the apostle making a comparison between the Old Testament and the New. Between the law of Moses and grace, or the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he shows the superiority of the New Testament gospel and the New Testament ministration over the ministration of the old. In verse number 9, he talks about a ministration that exceeds in glory. In verse number 10, he talks about the glory that excelleth. In verse 11, he said, For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Remain in glory. Amen. And you will note in these scriptures that I've read, the word glory or glorious is found 14 times in this one chapter. I've already counted them. Fourteen times in this one chapter, three of Second Corinthians. And in the Bible, the word glorious or glory in reference to God is found some 150 times. Amen. And the word glory meaning resplendent beauty or magnificence, splendor, lustrous, and august. Let me talk about it tonight. Hallelujah. I want to say at the outset that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that man has ever done or has ever built or has ever accomplished that can compare to the glory of God. 
this glory that I'm talking about was manifested in divers ways, divers manners, various different instances. In Psalms chapter 19, at verse number 1, the Bible said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth His handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no sound, no word, no language where their sound has not gone out. Their line is gone out to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. And Paul said for the invisible things of him, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Hey, if you believe the only one God tonight, you're without excuse. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, you're inexcusable, oh man, tonight. Praise God, praise God. God's eternal power and Godhead are invisible things, but they are clearly seen by their products. The workman is known by his work. The artist is known by his painting. And the Bible talks about their line going out. God's work, God's products, God's glory has gone out. And if we can't discover the invisible God and the things that He has made, we're without excuse. Hallelujah. Parties paint pictures that say what they feel. They try to put on canvas what they have in their mind. And when they put it on canvas and they finish with the painting, if they're satisfied with it, they'll back up and they'll look it over real good. Make sure everything's just right, then if they're satisfied with it, they will sign their trademark. Their initials, their name, or some form of a trademark that they painted that picture. Hallelujah. Now God is a master artist. He is the painter of all painters. He is the architect of the whole universe. He is the creator behind all creation. Hallelujah. And God said the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth God's handiwork. And God has signed it. It's mine. I've made it. These are the things that I've made. And I'm trying to show man my glory through it all. 
Woo! Hallelujah. Lord, this is a small platform for me to stay on. Sun and moon and stars, everything God has made. Hey, are traveling preachers that travel from one end of the earth and one end of the universe to another. God's apostles in creation that God has flashed out the stars against the black velvet backdrop. God has helped the sun in the sky. He's made the moon and all of nature to give glory to God's work. Hallelujah. And we find out the invisible things by the things that you can clearly see. Praise God. My God have mercy. This is bigger than I am, I'll tell you. It's bigger than I am. But it said the heavens declares glory and the firmament showeth his handiwork. What a God we serve. Now, not only that, but in Psalms chapter 80, verse 1, the writer said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. But the last part of that said, Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Hallelujah. Not only does God declare His glory in the heavens, but God's glory has been set above the heavens. Angels, principalities, powers, all subject to God. Hallelujah. And who are we? Small for night. Man, creatures of the dust. Praise God. It don't matter if you got a DD on your name. All that means is dab of dust, if you please. Who are we to stand off somewhere and feel like we've got something to tell God? Everything is subject to God. Angels, principalities, powers, everything falls at His feet. Hallelujah. My father, my father, my father. Lord, I feel all right. Woo! I, I'm just having to hold out a minute here. Sometimes I get feeling so good I can't hardly preach. But when you look up, and when you look around you, you see the glory of God everywhere. God's glory is found in the things that He has made. Now just follow with me tonight. All I'm going to do is preach a little Bible to you. I don't have a story to tell. I've got a little Bible to preach tonight. Hallelujah. At this great God that manifested Himself, or made Himself known, or revealed Himself in His creation, in the universe, in the heavens, this same God, when He led His country,
delivered a people out of Egyptian bondage where they've been for some 400 years. He called a man. And the Bible said by a prophet, he let them out. And by a prophet, he preserved them. So God called a man, hallelujah, who had been on the backside of the desert. Here he was, 80 years, amen, 80 years of age. Here was this man Moses, tending the flock of his father-in-law, walking down a beaten trail that he walked, no doubt, day after day. And nothing unusual had happened. Give him a rope tonight, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But one day, he was walking on the backside of the desert. Amen. And he looked out and saw a bush that was burning, but it wasn't on fire. Oh, it wasn't consumed. It was on fire, but not consumed. And Moses said, I think I'll turn aside and see this great sight. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God spoke to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, draw not nigh hither. Take your shoes off, son, for the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. And I am come down to deliver my people out of Egypt. Amen. And God manifested his glory to Moses out of a burning bush. Moses led God's children out of Egypt across the Red Sea. And God's right hand became glorious in power and divided the waters of the Red Sea. And they passed through on dry ground. Lord, if you expect us up tonight, you listen to the wrong preacher. Amen. But God led them out to the wilderness and they came under Sinai. Now, God said, get the people ready for something's going to happen. Put bounds around the mountain. If anybody touches it, it'll be stoned or thrust through with a dart. Because I'm fixing to come down on top of the mountain. I'm going to tell you that when God led his covenant people out of Egypt, God himself pitched a pulpit on Mount Sinai. And God himself, the creator of the heavens and earth, that made everything according to his own will and his own counsel, God himself came down on top of Mount Sinai when he pitched his pulpit and such a message that had never been known spoke then and since was when God himself preached to Israel. Praise God, praise God. God preached the most awesome sermon to the church in the wilderness that there's ever been. And one of the most glorious instances 
of the glory of God was when in a great fire the Lord descended on Sinai. God, what an awesome sight it must have been. Oh, God. And the Bible said in Exodus chapter 19 and in Exodus chapter 24 that the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a too devouring fire. Amen. And all you folks who like it quiet, the Bible said that it came in lightnings. He came in thunderings. He came with the voice of a trumpet that waxed louder and louder and exceedingly long. Hallelujah! Amen. All you past religious folks that don't believe in much noise, you should be in trouble that day. Hallelujah! God have mercy. When God descended upon Mount Sinai, the Bible said the mountain was all together in a smoke. Because the glory of the Lord descended in fire. Not only that, the Bible said that the mountain Wait. I'm talking about a glorious ministration. Just bear with me. I'm feeling better all the time. In fact, Moses said the sight was so terrible that I exceedingly fear and quake. Moses himself. God who a man of God said, I'm going to speak mouth to mouth. Hallelujah. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Because when the glory of God came, it was with lightnings and thunders and fire and trumpets and quaking. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. God set up his pulpit on Sinai and said, I've got a message for my people. I've led you out of Egypt. You're my covenant people. I want to take you to the promised land. But I want you to know that if you make it there, it's going to be not by your might, not by your power, but by the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. God said, Moses, I tell you what, what I want you to do. Said, make me a tabernacle. Exodus 25 and 8. Make me a sanctuary that I may dwell with them. That I may dwell in your midst. And he told him how to make it. He said, make you an ark of cinnamon wood. Overlay it with pure gold. Make it two and a half cubits long. One and a half cubits wide. And one and a half cubits high. Made out of gold and made out of wood. Amen. Everything's a perfect picture. Pointed toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thank you, Jesus. He said, make that ark. Put it behind the veil. Inside of the holiest of all. And he said, I am going to come down over the mercy seat between the cherubims and I'm going to meet with you. And I'm going to commune with thee. 
Hallelujah. Make your mercy seat and get ready to put it behind the veil. And this is going to be my meeting place with man. Praise the Lord. And Moses did what God said many times in those chapters. It said Moses did as the Lord commanded him. As God commanded Moses, so did he. So did he. Time after time. In the 40th chapter of Exodus. Stay with me till I please. Then the Bible said that they finished the work of the tabernacle. Raised it up. And they got the priest and they brought in the Ark of the Covenant. And set it in his place behind the veil. And when the priest walked out of that most holy place, the book said that the cloud of the glory of the Lord descended in that tabernacle and filled the house of God with his glory. Thank you, Lord. Many is the time you find in your Bible, time after time, in the first five books of the Bible, that in Second Chronicles, First Kings, that the clouds filled, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God, and the priest could not stand to minister because of the awesome glory and the splendor and the august resplendent beauty and power of a living God. Hallelujah. Now God said that he wanted a people for a name and for a praise and for a glory. God said that's the kind of people that are going to have a people for a name, a people for a praise, and a people for a glory. Thank you, Jesus. So God has manifested his glory many times. I hope I'm reaching the back tonight. Amen. Many times we preach it against about the first three or four pews, and it stops there. I hope we can reach all the way to the back of the building tonight. So God has manifested his glory many times and in many ways. Israel became a great nation. They subdued their enemies. And the Ark of the Covenant going in their midst. Enemies fell at their feet. Jericho's walls fell down flat. My God have mercy. Enemy after enemy fell prey to the wanderers, the glorious people that God had called and said, I want you to be a people for a glory. Amen. But Israel was great not because they were larger in number than the other nations. Israel was great not because they had great military leaders. Israel was great not because they knew how to use strategy and through their ingenuity 
and wisdom, they could conquer the enemy. That was not the reason that Israel was great. The only thing that Israel had going for them was the presence and glory of God in their midst. All of their victories, all of their successes, all of their conquering, everything that they accomplished was only because of the glory of God that dwelt in their midst. Let me tell you the greatest glory of that church in the wilderness was in the fact that God tabernacled in their midst. He said, make me a sanctuary. And when Israel set up camp, in the center of the camp of Israel and surrounding all around through the valleys and the hills were the two million approximately folks in their tents set up by their standards. The Levites encamped, of course, around the tabernacle, and the tabernacle was in the midst. It was in the center. Oh, God. Help me, Jesus. That old tent you think this may look crude. That old tent that stood in the midst of Israel, in the midst of the camp, covered with goat's hairs and ram skins dyed wool. And then on top, a covering above of badger skins, proud and dull. Wasn't much glory to see. There wasn't much splendor to see. Oh, God. It wasn't what you could see from the outside that counted. It wasn't what you could see with the natural eye that made the difference. You might not be able to look over that seven and a half foot linen fence and see what those others saw. But when that priest parted the veil and walked in to the most holy place and there above the mercy seat between the cherubims, there the Shekinah, particular Shekinah of the glory of God dwelt in their midst. Woo! Let's praise him right now. There wasn't much beauty, but the glory was there. One much to look at, but the glory was there. And the glory was on the inside. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about God's glory. How God manifested his glory. I feel like traveling somewhere tonight. Do you want to go with me? But of all of that that I've said, all of that that I've preached about, the glory of God, none of that compares to the time when God pitched His perfect tabernacle, when God pitched the true tabernacle, a greater and more perfect tabernacle, when He pitched it upon this earth, when 
God himself, according to Hebrews, prepared for himself a body. And the Bible said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book that do thy will, O God. Hallelujah. And the word or the thought. Hallelujah. That was behind everything that was made. Before you can have a thinker or a thought, you gotta have a thinker. Hallelujah. Before you can have a creation, you gotta have a creator. Atheists are fools. People don't believe in God are fools. Yeah, man. But the Bible said that the word, John 1 and 14, was made flesh and dwelt among us, our tabernacle among us, and we beheld his glory. The glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you, Jesus. The first tabernacle, God's glory dwelt there. But it was all law. It was all condemnation. It was all thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. But the law was given by Moses. But when God's word became flesh, grace and truth blended together in a perfect tabernacle, the King of Kings, the eternal God, walking upon the earth in a form of a man. Y'all believe this one God message? If there's anything that ought to bring a one God church to its feet, it's a one God message. Hallelujah. My Lord and my God. If you don't believe Jesus is God, you're living in idolatry. You might as well bow down to a shrine. You might as well bow down to an image. Because God said, before me there was no God born, neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Lord, God have mercy. But God's glory was manifested. Hebrews said it like this Jesus Christ being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power Jesus Christ that's our message Jesus Christ, the central theme of the apostolic church. Jesus Christ, the center of the camp, the true tabernacle which God pitched and not man. Amen. Jesus Christ, if you just let me preach to you a little while tonight, walked up on the face of this earth. Never had there been a man speak like that man.
Oh, no. He stepped up the tombs and spoke the word. And death came to life. Yes, he did. He spoke to Bartimaeus, laid his hands on him, and the blind began to see. He manifested his glory and his power upon this earth. He stopped the funeral procession and said to a dead man, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And the young man sat up and he presented him back to his, to his mother. He took three of his disciples up into a mountain. And there, the Bible said, was transfigured before them. And Luke 9 and 32 said, they saw his glory. And then when John writes, he said, we beheld his glory. Oh, it's loving right now. I feel such a presence of God in this building. Walked among men, a perfect man. Walked up to the disciples and said, Who are men saying that I am? And so, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, some say you're Jeremiah, some one of the prophets. He said, but whom do you say that I am? That's the main point tonight. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He manifested his glory in the heavens. His glory is above the heavens. He manifested his glory at Sinai. His account of dwelt above the mercy seat in the tabernacle. His glory was beheld in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then Jesus said, I'm going to build me a church. He came on purpose. He came with a mission. He came to purchase himself a church. Oh, God help me tonight. You bear with me. I absolutely feel so good to think about what I know. To think about what I have experienced. Oh God. Then they took this one and with wicked hands slew him, hung between two thieves, died like a common criminal. They took his body down from that cross. Joseph of Arimathea laid him in a new tomb 
The grave could not keep him. But on the first day, here came women bearing spices. And walked up to the tomb, and the stone was already rolled away. Oh, my father. Two angels stood there shining apparel, and they said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. For 40 days showed himself alive to his disciples on various occasions. Ascended back to the glory world, passed into the heavens to become the great high priest. Sitting on the throne of God. Whoever lived to make intercession for you and I. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still not through. But he said to his disciples, Go back to Jerusalem and tarry till you be endued with power from on high. They went back to Jerusalem into an upper room. And this is what I want to talk about. For a few minutes tonight, then the God that appeared in the tabernacle, that tabernacle among men, attended by tongues of flame and the sound of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. And the Shekinah that dwelt above the mercy seat. And the glory that God manifested himself in in various ways took up residence in his body, his bride, his church, called by his name. And God said, I'm going to have me a glorious church. That's the kind of church that I'm going to have. And he said, if the ministration of death was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministration of righteousness? And if that which was done away was glorious, how much more glorious is that which remaineth? Hallelujah. Let me tell you that God came to build a church and he put his glory in it. And he said the glory is to remain. He didn't say I'm going to put it in there and take it back. He didn't say I'm going to put it in there on a temporary basis. He didn't say, I'm going to put it there for just a little while. But he put it there to remain. Hallelujah. I'll tell you. I honestly wish I had a, a mic cord about 75 feet long. I'd like to get something across to this whole congregation tonight. When I get done, you may say, what's your point? 
My point is this, if you want to know. God put a glory in the apostolic church. And he put that glory there to remain, elder. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus. And I want to say this about the church tonight. The beautiful bride of Christ. The word glory means resplendent beauty, magnificence, splendor, lustrous, and august. Oh, my Lord and my God, have mercy. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This will get bigger than I can handle. Matt, let Elder Candace handle it for me. Praise God. He can do it. Thank you, Jesus. But he put that glory in the church. And I want to say about the apostolic church tonight that we're aware we It's not because we're wiser than others except knowing God. We have not survived and come to this present hour in 1983 by our own wisdom and our own strength. We've not come this far in our own strength. We've not come this far by our own ingenuity. Not by our own working. But we're where we are tonight and our successes and our victories are all because of the glory of God that he put in the church. Let me preach to you. All around us tonight, men are falling. All around us tonight, men are casting the shield away. All around us tonight, the glory is departing from Pentecostal lakes. But God put it there to stay. I'm telling you, there's a lot of churches tonight that know nothing whatsoever anymore about the glory of God. There are a lot of churches tonight that know nothing about a move of God in their midst. But God built a church and He filled it with glory and He filled it with power and He said, I want this glory to stay. It's up to us to retain the glory. Hey, something came to me. That glorious, that glorious nation of Israel that had their glory when God walked with them, other nations trembled. But by the time of Jeremiah, that great glorious nation had deteriorated to a place that God said. Jeremiah 2 and 11, Hath a nation changed their gods which are yet no gods? God said, Has another nation that even have idol gods, have they changed their gods? 
but my people have changed my glory for things which cannot profit. Hallelujah. God have mercy. And until the prophet went on elder and said they have walked away from the ancient paths. And he said, I'm telling you to stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is a good way and walk therein? My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And hew them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Apostolics, where are we tonight? Where are we tonight? All around us, people are changing their glory. All around us, people are laying down the glory of God. Lay it down, the armor and the message, the truth, the power, the holiness of God. Here we are in 1983. I believe God's going to have a glorious church. But I want to say with due respect to everybody this year, it's going to be the glory of God that gets us through here. Hallelujah. Yes, it's quitting time, but I'm not hardly finished. This is a crucial hour, apostolics. It's a sad day in Israel when folks change the glory to things which do not profit. And it got so bad that Hosea said it this way. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Oh, they got too big for their britches. They got more power than they can handle. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. And God said, I will change their glory into shame. Jesus still said, without me, you can do nothing. When the day comes, apostolics, and we feel like we can handle this thing within ourselves. And when we get enough in our pockets, When we get enough around us that feel like we can pull the strings on God. Hallelujah. I know we preach lay out of sea under the ground. I know that. 
But the book still said, they said, we're rich. And increase with goods and have need of nothing. We don't ever get big enough for what we need the glory. We don't ever get smart enough for what we need God. We don't ever learn how to play instruments good enough but what we need the touch of heaven. We never learn how to sing pretty enough but what we need the glory of God in our midst. Praise God. And I read in the book of Romans a scary scripture. Chapter 1 and verse 21. God said because and when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful. We need to be thankful tonight. And in everything, give thanks. It's a blessing of God that's brought us to where we are. But became vain in their imagination. And their foolish heart was darkened. They corrupted themselves. And the Bible said this in verse 23. This may not be what you came to hear, but it's what I came to preach. Said so they changed. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into something like corruptible man. If we survive the change, we're going to have to learn to pray. Many churches tonight are like the marriage at Cana of Galilee. Many church services have run out of wine. Apostolic preachers and saints, our conferences need to be more than a place to sport our new apparel. Hallelujah. I'm longing, and I hope it's in this meeting, to see services where the glory comes down. I love to visit. I love to sit and drink coffee and eat together. But if that's the only reason we came, we could do that without meeting together. Oh, God. 
that's all right in its place. But when we come in here, the book still said to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. It said to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with ten strings. Praise Him on the drums. Praise Him on the organ. Praise Him in the dance. Some of y'all don't like that, but it's in the book. When Pentecost quits dancing, the glory's gone. When Pentecost quits having church, hang it up, friend. Hey, we know better than the Baptists if we don't have church. God put His glory here. Oh, God. I heard this elder preach last year about keeping the old mantles. My father, do you want old mantles or new novelties? Everybody's trying to come up with something new. But, oh, God, we need simply the old paths, the old fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. Hey, there wouldn't be a thing wrong with some preacher preaching that God is still a God of the miraculous. There wouldn't be nothing wrong with some preacher preaching that God's still a healer. Our medicine cabinets might not be filled with everything. If we could just get the glory. I don't know what you want, but I want the glory. Paul said God had made us able ministers. Oh, God. Made us able ministers of the New Testament. God still said to the preacher when he sent him out and ordained him, said he healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils. I'm afraid about all we do is cast out the dead and raise the devil. I'm saying, apostolics, if we don't have the glory, we're in trouble. We will not be able to survive the change in our elements unless we can have the glory of God in our midst. What's wrong with some of you folks that want to criticize somebody that worships God? What's wrong with some of you folks that want to sit out and look down your long nose and somebody please God enough to praise Him? Hallelujah. Amen. 
If we could get enough folks up off the can, we'd have church. If we could get this reaching all the way to the back, we could have a conference. God deliver me from dead church. Deliver me from dead conferences. Deliver me from dead sermons. We need the glory. We need the glory. We need the glory. folks to come to conference to worship and praise God rather than talk about how loud the music is how loud the PA system is how loud some of them are getting if we could get some folks to come to conference the way folks are walking the old path came I'm just a young man, but I remember in my boy days when they prayed out in the woods. When they walked up out of those woods into the church house or the tent, I'm telling you the glory fell in that place. And they had church. I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of you if you don't believe in the glory of God. And I'm going to tell you something else. You can't dictate to it. You can't tell it how to come. No, no, no. You can't sit around and twiddle your thumbs and criticize folks that try to get it. We need a move of God. The glory in our church. If we could find somebody to pick up the old mantle, if we could stop behind some folks, maybe some young folks here tonight. Amen. Don't always wait on the preachers. Preachers come here burdened down. We need, we need some young folks that know how to walk under the mantle and walk under the load of a meeting and refuse to be intimidated. And refuse to sit back because somebody don't like it. Hey, I learned a long time ago. I'm going to keep the glory. I'm going to have to touch God. And I'm going to have to quit worrying about what everybody thinks. If I get a little happy. Hallelujah! Get us some music. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I just wish we could find somebody, maybe in the back, maybe in the middle, maybe somebody over here, some young folks, some young ladies, some good godly teenagers that want to pick up the mantle, 
want to pick up the glory of God and go on with it and want to have church the way we need to have church. Hallelujah.
The word of God didn't touch nobody else. It touched me tonight. I want to glorify him as God. The only God. The almighty God. We need his glory tonight, church. God spoke to us tonight with the mouth of a prophet. Oh, God, let us respond to preaching. Let us respond to the voice of God. Let us in this conference seek the glory of the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. Oh, don't you love him tonight? Lift your hands and thank him for the message tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank him for the message of service tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's retain the glory that we feel here tonight. Let's take it over to Brother Cavanaugh's church tomorrow afternoon. Keep the glory revived and alive. Reach it out for it. For without that, we can do nothing. I feel his presence. It's hard to leave his presence when you feel it like this tonight. Let's be thankful that we were in a place where we could hear truth preached. Yes. And let's seek that God would always let his glory be manifested in our presence. Hallelujah. Don't forget the announcement service tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Bible class. God bless you. Have fellowship. Let's be back at Brother Cavanaugh's church tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock.